Um, for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about building healthy relationships. Now, now for those that think that this isn't an important issue, let me remind you that, that life is all about relationships. Number one, your relationship with God. Number two, your relationship with other people. And whether you realize it or not, the Bible teaches us that our relationship with, 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 with God is affected, impacted by our relationship with other people. Let me say it this way. You can't be at odds with people and be right with God. Can't even get an amen with all these people in this room. Can't even get an amen. Somebody in the chat rooms needs to give me an amen. I mean, I mean, think about it. The Bible says since it's Valentine's Day, let's just talk about that. The Bible says that husbands, live with your, li- live with your wife in understanding. <laughs> that's, that's a tall order. How can you understand a woman, right? And then he goes on to say, not only with understanding, but, but to honor them and to respect them. And then the Bible says, if you choose not to do that, don't expect your prayers to be answered. Woo! Because, because my relationship with my God is affected by my relationship with other people. Here's what I think I'm truly trying to say is, is that your relationships really matter They really are spiritual. And God's people need to learn how to build healthy, godly relationships. And God's manual, God's word, not the internet, is is the manual for building healthy relationships. here's Here's our key text, our Bible verse that we're going to use through this series. In Philippians 2, uh, verse 5 in the NIV, it says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So in other words, in your relationships, we are to have Jesus's mindset. Or, or you could say it this way, in our relationships, we are to have a word, a Bible mindset. Why? Because God's Word is God's manual for building healthy relationships. Let's pray. Father, thank you today. God, for every person that's on the other side of this camera, those that are in this room, would you use this moment to speak into our hearts? God, would you bring healing into our lives? God, you know the circumstances, you know the issues of every person under the sound of my voice, I pray, Father, that you would help us to move forward in this this important area of our life. Father, for those that don't really think this is important, God, would you help them to catch and to understand how important our relationships are? Use me today, I pray, Lord, to help your people to make them better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is what I know. Life is all about relationships. Everything in our lives 
it, it, it revolves around relationships, whether it be your friends, your family, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, roommates, co-workers. Life is all about relationships, and it is your relationships that shape you. In fact, you are really the sum total of your relationships, whether good or bad. You are who you are and where you are because of the relationships in your life. How many of you have ever heard this, this saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. You know Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived? He said the same thing in a different way in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says, become wise by walking with the wise, but hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So in other words, if you hang out with people that are better than you, smarter than you, have better marriages than you, right? Better with their money than you, better leaders than you, then what this is teaching us is you'll become like them. You'll actually rise to their, their level. Um, I know the areas in my life, the areas that I've had success in my own life can directly connect to people who have helped influence and brought wisdom into my life. And yet in the same way, the trouble, <laughs> am I talking to anybody, right? In the trouble that I have gotten into in my life, for, 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 for much of it, it wasn't that I did it alone. No, I was running with the wrong people, right, in the wrong direction. Hear me today. Your friends will always determine, oh, you got to hear this. They'll always determine the quality and the direction of your life. Some of you listening to me today, you sense on the inside that something is not quite Right. Deep down on the inside, do you believe that there is something, something missing in your life? I need something else. I, I need something else to make my life good. I'm missing something in my life. Something has gone wrong. But this is what I would suggest to you today, that maybe it's not something that is missing, but maybe it is someone that is missing in your life. And this is really what I've come to teach today in this moment, is that you might be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny for the better. Um, we see this in the life of the Apostle Paul. Uh, his whole course was changed because of one relationship. Look, look at Acts chapter 9, verse 26. Says back in Jerusalem, Saul tried to join, well, I like that, the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. They did not trust him. Now, Saul is the same guy as Paul. Saul is actually his Hebrew name, where Paul is his, 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 his Greek name. So they did not trust him, and the reason why they didn't trust him is that Paul was known to hunt down Christians to have them imprisoned and hopefully murdered. Paul hated church-going believers. Paul persecuted Christians. In fact, he's on his way to Damascus, 
And he's going there to, 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 to hunt down Christians and to bring them back and to imprison them and ultimately have them killed. So Paul's on his way to Damascus, and on that journey, God knocks him off his high horse, and he has an experience with God. Jesus himself says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? In other words, God takes it personally when you mess with his kids. Are you with me? Paul had an experience with Jesus, turned his life over to Jesus, surrendered his life to Jesus. But the Christians are scared, and you would be too. This guy was a terrorist, and now he wants to be a part of us. But notice what happened here in Acts chapter 9, verse 27. Then Barnabas took him under his wing. In other words, Paul got a new relationship. And that new relationship is going to radically change his life. Barnabas took him under his wing. He introduced him to the apostles and stood up for him and told them how Saul had seen and spoken to the master on the Damascus road and how in Damascus, Damascus itself he had laid his life on the line with his bold preaching in Jesus' name. Now notice verse 28. Are you with me, all those online? Come on, in this room, look, look at verse 28. After that, what? After he got this new relationship. I'm here to tell somebody, you're just one relationship away from God changing the very course of your life. Then after that, after Barnabas, he was accepted as one of them going in and out of Jerusalem with no questions asked, uninhibited as he preached in the master's name. Don't miss this. God used one person, God used one relationship to change the course of Paul's destiny. Think about it. Paul wrote over a half of the New Testament that we have today, not because of Paul himself, but because of a man by the name of Barnabas. The course of history was changed. Millions and millions and millions of people's lives have been changed because of a Barnabas believing and stepping into the life of Paul. And the same is true for you. You literally might be just one relationship away from God changing the very course of your life forever and ever. Today, with the time remaining, I, I want to I show you quickly, and we've talked about these things before, but, but you don't remember everything that I preach anyhow, so I've got to remind you. The time remaining, I want to talk about and show you three different types of relationships that every person needs in their life. I want to look at King David, and, and, and I want to look at some of his friends that helped King David become uh, what God had destined uh, David to be. And the first one I want to look at is a man by the name of Samuel. Samuel is a friend who makes you, you better. Now, this isn't gender-specific. So this could be Sally if you wanted to be Sally. Are you with me? It's, but Samuel is a friend who makes you better. We all need a friend who makes us better. The background of this story is that God has rejected Saul as being king, and, and, now, and now God has chosen the prophet Samuel to go and find the next king. And so he goes to Jesse's house. Many of us know the story. Jesse is David's father. Jesse has seven different 
sons. And so six of the sons come into the house, and Samuel begins to look at the sons, trying to find the next king of Israel. So he looks at the first son, and the Bible says he's handsome, and Samuel says, well, certainly this is going to be the next king of, of Israel. Look at him. He's strong. He's, he's healthy. And, 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 and God said, no, it's, it's, it's not him, Samuel. So the second son comes in, and he said, well, surely this is, this is the one. He's, he's healthy. He's good-looking too. And, and God says, no, it's, it's not him either. And the third son comes in, and God says, nope. And the fourth son comes in, and God says, no, it's not him either. And the fifth son and the sixth son. And, and then God tells Samuel, you're looking at what people look at, but I look at the heart. And God saw something in the one that was not even in the room. It was the runt of the family, and he was in the backyard tending and taking care and feeding the sheep. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we pick up the story. It says, and the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had and brought and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. What is amazing is that, is that there was not one single person that saw in David what God allowed Samuel to see in him. God used Samuel, this one relationship, to help make David better, and it changed the whole course of David's life. Samuel saw the king that was on the inside of David. His, his daddy didn't see the king, and his brothers didn't see the king, and nobody else saw the king that was on the inside of David. Everybody's seen the runt of the litter. They, they, they seen a, a, a person that wasn't going anywhere. Somebody just needs to work and feed the sheep. But Samuel, he saw, he saw the king that was on the inside David, I, I don't know about you, but when I, I read that, I think about, I think about my, my own life. I'm so thankful for the Samuels that God has sent in my, my life. People that believed in me when I didn't believe in my, myself. People that, that saw things and gifts and callings in me when I didn't see them myself. I'm, I'm actually standing doing today what I am doing because of the Samuels that God has sent into my life. I have a question for you today. Do you have a Samuel in your life? You, you need a Samuel. You need a Sally. You, you need somebody that's going to come into your life and make your life better, who will, who will make you better what really matters the most. You see, if you're hanging out with people who eat donuts for a hobby... Chances are you're not going to get into better shape. If you want to be a better leader, you know, you want to be better with your finances, you want to have a better marriage, then, then you need to hang around with people who will make you better. You need a Samuel in your life. Proverbs 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So you might be asking the question, how do I get one of those Samuels in my life? I, I, I really do need a Samuel in your life. And I, I'm here to tell you, 
In different seasons of your life, God will have different Samuels come into your life. How do I get one of those pastors? I'm glad you asked. If you'll hang on and wait to the end of this message, I'm going to tell you how to get a Samuel in your life. So this wouldn't be the time to, to click off or walk out because we all need a Samuel in our life. The second relationship you need in your life that David had was, was a Jonathan. It could be a Julie for you if you want it to be. But it's a friend who helps you find spiritual strength. Here, here's the backstory of, of, of this relationship. If you fast forward into David's life, David has just been anointed to become king, yet he's not king yet. In fact, he's become a war hero, and Saul is still around. He is the king. He's going to replace Saul eventually, but, but now because David is such a war hero, the women are singing. <laughs> Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands, and this, this makes Saul, who is king, makes him mad, and it makes him jealous, and he's determined now to kill David, and he literally hunts David down like an animal to kill him. We pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 15. It says, while David was at Horesh in the, in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, is this not crazy? God is bringing a relationship into David's life to help give him strength. And Saul's son, Jonathan, Saul's wanting to kill him, and his son is trying to help David now. It is amazing how God will use sometimes the most unusual people to help you. Don't overlook the people that God is sending to help you. And it says, as Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh, it says, and Saul's son, excuse me, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him, David, find strength in God. Every single one of you needs a relationship that will help you find strength in God. Regardless who you are, there's going to be times, hello, COVID, right? There's just going to be times where you're going to feel like you're being attacked and you're being challenged and everybody has turned against you and you will need somebody. Hear me today. You will need somebody to help fight for you, somebody to help find, to help you find God's strength for your life. God has a Jonathan for every single person that's listening to my voice today. I'm so thankful in my life for the Jonathans in my life, those relationships that come and strengthen me and encourage me. When I'm having a bad day, when things aren't going well and I'm feeling depleted, not feeling like I'm making a difference, I'm so thankful for those guys that will send me a text message and say, hey, hey, you doing okay? Just want you to know you're, you're going to make it. I've got your back. I've been praying for you. I'm here to tell you. We all need, we all need a Jonathan. I don't think I'll, I would be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the Jonathans. The times that I've wanted to quit in my life, it's amazing how God will bring a relationship in my life and look me eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, you're not a quitter. Come on. You can do this. You can make it. Listen, if God be for you, who can be, who can be? against you. I'm here to tell somebody, hey, 
You can let me be the Jonathan. Hey, you can make it. You can do it. Do this. You can get through this moment. Come on, greater is he that's in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that is coming against you. Question, do you have a Jonathan in your life? Someone who can encourage you and strengthen you? Someone who will tell you that you can make it? That you're not a quitter? The greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? That God has a plan for your life? That God wants to do more than you can ever think or ask? Do you have that person in your life that, that can say, hey, you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? You need friends that will tell you just how blessed you are. Come on, somebody. When you get up in the morning and you don't, need, you don't feel blessed, you need somebody in your corner to say, hey, you're blessed. Hey, you're blessed and you're going out. And hey, you're blessed and you're coming in. Hey, you're the head and not the stinky tail. Oh, you're blessed. Hey, I got to remind you just how blessed you are. You know, even the blessed people are calling you blessed. Come on, you need somebody like that. You need somebody that you can call or that can reach out to you and tell you just how healed you are, that you don't have to walk in fear, you don't have to walk in torment, that you're not going to prematurely die. You are the healed of the Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus. Oh, you need a Jonathan that will bring spiritual strength into your life. Oh, how we need a Jonathan. You need relationships. They'll help you find strength. Well, how do I get one of those, preacher? <laughs> I definitely need a Samuel. <laughs> it's obvious I need a, a Jonathan. Well, if you'll hang on in just a moment, I'm going to tell you how to get a Jonathan too. Here's a third relationship that made David who he was. It was number three is Nathan, a friend that will tell you the truth. Some of us don't like these kinds of friends, but you need one. Nathan, or you, for those that want to call it Natalie, it don't matter. It's not gender specific. It's a friend that will tell you the truth. Most of us know the story. God's blessing David, and David's now a man after God's own heart. But through the course of time, you see, I don't know if you've, if you've ever studied this out, but just kind of give you some, some, some Bible history. David was anointed to be king at the age of 15. But he doesn't actually become the king till the age of 30. But then in his 50s, he's got comfortable, and he got his eyes off of God and got them onto Bathsheba at the age of 57. And he committed adultery, tries to cover up his sin. He eventually, he eventually has Bathsheba's husband killed and murdered. And then he lies and tries to cover it all up and, and the, the gravity of the sin doesn't really, doesn't really impact David. He thought he got away with it and uh, he's broken the heart of God. He's put the whole kingdom at risk because of this, this sin and we don't really know how many, how many months or perhaps years went by but finally God had enough and God sends a Nathan into David's life. And worship team, you can come back. God sends a Nathan into David's life, and uh, Dave, Nathan goes one day, and he knocks on uh, David's door, and David opens the door, and 
Nathan's a prophet. He's, he's a friend of David. And he said, hey, David, I, I don't know if you've heard, but um, there's a wealthy guy around here, and uh, David, he's got a lot of, a lot of cows and a lot of, a lot of sheep. And uh, he, he had some, some guests come over the other night, and, and they were hungry, and they were staying with him, and he needed to feed them. And, and David, this, uh, this wealthy guy, instead of taking from his cows and his sheep, he actually he goes and he finds this poor guy, this guy that has hardly no money. And David, all he has, David, all he has is one little lamb. And the wealthy guy takes the one little lamb, and he... He takes that lamb from that poor guy. David, that was, that was, that was like a, a pet to this poor guy. And he takes that lamb, David, and he slaughters, he slaughters this guy's pet. David, this guy, he, he, he slept in, in the master's house with them. He, he laid on the kitchen floor as, as this man would eat. He was, it was his pet, and he takes the pet, and he slaughters the pet. And he feeds his guest with this man's pet. Well, at this time, David is outraged. And David says, this man must be killed. Are you here? This man deserves death. And whatever David says, he's the king, right? Notice what it says here. We pick up the story in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7. Then Nathan said to David, mm, you are that man. Jonathan loved David enough to tell him the truth. And all of a sudden, what David had not seen, David saw, and his heart was broken. He cries out to God, in Psalms chapter 51, if you've never read it, I'd encourage you to read it. Probably a month does not go by that I don't read that psalm. God created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. It's his prayer once Nathan confronts David's sin. Broken before God, he confesses his sin and repents before God. When, when was the last time you had a friend that loved you enough to tell you, don't go there? Don't, don't do that. Hey, that's, that's, that's not really smart. That's stupid. I don't think that's going to work out for you. I think it's going to end bad. Hey, this could hurt your marriage. Hey, this is not good for your kids. It's going to hurt your relationship with God. Do, do you have do you, do you have a Nathan in your life? Somebody that you could be vulnerable enough? See, we, a lot of us, we, we don't want to have that kind of relationship because we don't want anybody in our business. But if, if you're going to go where God wants you to go, God has got a Nathan for you. Are you with me? He doesn't just have a Samuel for you. He doesn't just have a Jonathan for you. But he has a Nathan for you to help you get where he's called you to be. I guess the real question is, can you humble yourself enough to say, hey, can, can you speak in my... Now, now listen, you've got to be protected. Not every joker needs to be in your life like this. Let, let me tell you who my Nathan is. 
It's my wife. Whew. Dear Jesus. Really, baby? God's used her more than not to be a Nathan. So my staff are Nathans in my life because I trust them. They've got my back. I'm not just going to listen to anybody that posts whatever they want to post, but, but I'll listen to people that really care for me and have my back. Do, do you have a Nathan in your life that, 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 that's willing to get in your business and say, hey, I don't think this is going to work out well for you. So thankful. People have loved me enough to tell me the truth. Do you have a Samuel in your life that makes you better? Do you have a Jonathan in your life that strengthens you? Do you have a Nathan in your life that can be honest with you? I've just come to tell somebody as I close today, you might be one relationship away from being a nobody to being a somebody because God brings a Samuel into your life. I've just come to tell somebody today on the other side of this camera that, that listen, from, that, that, that God wants to show up in your life and, and take you from living a life of weakness into a life of strength, and he's going to do that through a relationship, a Jonathan in your life. I'm just here to tell somebody today you might be one relationship away from sabotaging your life to finding God's mercy and forgiveness in your life because he has a Nathan that wants to come into your life. I would just submit before you, those online, that every person in this room and every person that I'm looking at, God has these three relationships for you. Somebody that'll see the king in you. Somebody that'll help pull you up when you feel like quitting and somebody that'll look you eyeball to eyeball and be honest with you. Well, pastor, I sure like to get one of those. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? I'd like to get me a, like to get me a Samuel. I'd like to give me a Jonathan and I'd like to give me a, a Nathan. I'm just here to tell everybody as I close today, you can have one. Well, great. How do I get one? Come back next week. No, no. Hey, those in the room, stand to your feet. I, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I just, I just didn't know if you were here. You've been so quiet. I don't know if I said something. Those in your homes, wherever you're at, watching this online, maybe just change your posture. I'm going to tell you how to get those relationships that you need in your life. Because <laughs> you need every single one of them for God to get you where you're going. To have those kinds of friends, the Bible's very clear, you have to be that kind of friend. <laughs> Woo! See, see, you was looking for something really, really huge, and you know, I got to connect all the dots, and I got I got to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. It really is simple. Just be that kind of friend for somebody else. 
Because God's word teaches us what you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. In Matthew 7, 12, it says, always do for other people everything you want them to do for you. Just be that person. Just go help make other people better. Get your eyes off yourself. Come on, be that person. Just go and just go and add strength to other people. Encourage them. Let them know that they can make it. And then those real close, close, close relationships, be that person to say, hey, and I love you. I'm with you. But I'm concerned about you. I don't know if this is going to go well for you. We need these three relationships. We're going to become these kinds of relationships. And you watch how God is going to change the course of our life for the better. Father, thank you today. Thank you today, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. God, I've preached what I believe you would have me to preach. I pray, God, now you take this word. God, I pray that it would take deep root in our hearts. That as we leave today, that, Father, this would become a life-changing moment. God, I believe people are on the verge of just one relationship away from their life being so much better. God, move the right people into our lives and remove the wrong people out of our lives. God, do it for them, those that are online. Do it for them. Give us divine appointments, divine connections. Father, as I prayed back, <laughs> back in March of last year when the COVID thing happened, God, was my prayer. God, would you remove everything that's not of you out of my life? And everything that is of you, would it remain and be strengthened in my life? God, I pray that people all over this room, those online, are, are, are making dangerous prayers right now. God, <laughs> do it in me. I'm willing, God, I open my heart to receive these relationships in my life. And more importantly, Lord, I'm going to be that relationship. God, I thank you today that you are you're working in this church. In this church, God's people are building strong, healthy relationships because we have the mindset of Jesus. Father, I pray for those that maybe don't know you, that have never surrendered their life to you. Come on, all over this room, believers pray, and those online. For those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is the first and foremost relationship you need in your life. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you're, maybe you're living your life on your own, doing your own thing. Maybe at one time you used to serve God, you used to love God, but you just got lost in this path. I'm calling people home to a relationship with Jesus. If that's you and you know you're not right with God or you need to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you just to pray this simple prayer today. Mean it with all your heart. It's not just repeating something, but it's connecting your heart to God. Just say, say this today. Say, Father God. Say it loud. Say, Father God. Come on, those online. Father God. Today, I surrender my life to you. 
I believe that Jesus died upon the cross, took my sin, took my judgment. I believe he rose from the dead, and now he's at the right hand of the Father praying for me. I receive his love. I received his forgiveness. And today, Father, with your help, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, you receive that today. I celebrate it. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.